Glorious Father, we come before you this evening as we study the Word of God above. Father, life is there in the Word of God. Speak to us, O oh Lord. Lord Jesus, you said, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Today, Lord, you feed us at the point of our need. O oh God, prepare the soil of our hearts so that when the word falls, it will produce 30, 60, 100-fold harvest for your glory, for your honor. Give us a grace to internalize what we are listening, O oh Lord. Let your name be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We are studying the book of Proverbs. What we did uh, last week is basically we said, how does one become wise? And that's the first question we asked. And then we said that we go to the Bible because it is God's word. Uh, not only it's God's word, it has withstood the test of time for generations, for thousands of years. Uh, people have stood on the word and uh, it has been proved right. So we always go to the Bible. Um, and is this wisdom something complicated? Is it a rocket science, uh, very difficult to get or something like that? Then we saw that wisdom cries aloud in the street. In other words, wisdom is available in the commonplace and it is available to everyone, both rich, poor, powerful, weak, all, all the people go to the market and wisdom cries aloud in the street. And uh, the wisdom, is always personified as a lady. She raises her voice and she cries out, come, listen, hear. Uh, that, that's, that is the uh, posture that we have about the wisdom. Uh, and we saw that Proverbs is a practical manual. It is not theoretical. It is practical. You know, it teaches us what is the meaning of life, you know, what's gone wrong, Yes, there are challenges in this world. How can we overcome that? So it's a very practical manual for people of all ages. There is something to learn from this book. And it is, it is God-centered. There is a reference point. It is God-centered and it is down-to-earth wisdom. It is not a wisdom that is only few people can understand. It is down to earth. It is simple. All can understand. And then we saw the why the book of Proverbs matters. Uh, we said that it comes under the wisdom literature and why the book of Proverbs matters. We saw that during the Old Testament days, um, you know, God standardized his teachings uh, to people in three different ways. That's what we saw. Um, you know, the priests, uh, they basically, they taught his law. The prophets, they declared God's word. And it is the sages or wise men, uh, sages, the wise men, uh, they gave God's counsel. So there were three different streams uh, of uh, knowing things law, prophets, and wisdom. And we said that 
this proverbs leads us to jesus christ he is the one who existed even before the world was created wisdom was there even before the foundations of the earth was laid and we know in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god so basically as we study this book as we look for him we will find him if we look for jesus christ we will find him in this book and then we saw that uh, there are two kinds of wisdom one is the wisdom that comes from above uh, i gave you the reference from the letter to j of letter from james uh, james uh, that one wisdom comes from above one is the earthly wisdom and i also gave you the example of solomon though the wisest man um he depended on his worldly wisdom and that was not appreciated in the word of god this is what we saw last week how does one become wise why the book of proverbs matters today we will just look at the definitions of wisdom and of knowledge sometimes when we think of wisdom uh we just consider it as just one category uh probably we think that wisdom we know that the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom and uh, we we think that it is that's all wisdom entails but it's important for us to understand the definition of wisdom because in the hebrew language the wisdom is hokma so hokma means what uh, wisdom means what so in the hebrew language hokma generally means it is masterful understanding it is skill it is expertise you know wisdom is even applicable in the kitchen in gardening that's why i said this book is practical down to earth the way you handle your laptop the way you handle your uh, gadgets all this comes under wisdom the way a doctor operates skillful hands the way you respond to your letter expertise so all this comes under wisdom uh, it is about our living the way we maintain our body because you will find uh, instructions in this book a uh, little more sleep a uh, little more sleep and then you come to poverty how how you manage your life how you manage your finances how you speak there are two important themes in the book of proverbs i'll keep repeating it one is words how we use our words and how we handle our wealth uh, those two are priority in this book how we handle our how we use our words and uh, wealth so when we are talking about wisdom it is about masterful understanding you know life throws unique situations each one's problem is unique each family is unique each person is unique and the problems that we encounter is also 
the problem is unique. It's not the same. So how do you handle the situation? Every family is different. Every relationship is unique. How do you handle it? So wisdom gives that masterful understanding as to how we handle it, how we deal in a complicated situation. Um, so that is wisdom. And it gives, also gives the skill encountered uh, with a problem. How, how do you come out of it? Skillfully, how you come out of it? You find that those practical instructions in this book, expertise in anything you do, you know, the Bible commands us to be experts and that expertise is there in this book. So uh, that's the way the Hebrew word hokma um, explains wisdom, masterful understanding, skill and expertise. Now, outside of Proverbs, we also find the word hokma. How do we try to understand the meaning of the word hokma? Hokma is there in the book of Proverbs, wherever you find wisdom in the Hebrew Bible, it will be hokma. So now we also go outside the book of Proverbs and wherever we find this hokma, we try to read that those verses and try to find the context. So when we go outside the book of Proverbs, uh, wisdom is used in several places in different ways. Uh, and um, for example, it is used in terms of technical and artistic skills. Imagine uh, those days people used to uh, use the typewriter, the way you used to type the letters. Wisdom is, hokma is employed in those places. The way you stitch a garment. You know, when we think of wisdom, we only think of, you know, we have somewhere along the line, we have uh, wrongly equated our educational qualification with wisdom. Uh, that is not wisdom. Just because somebody has done, you know, a PhD doesn't mean he's wise. That's not biblical wisdom. You know, biblical wisdom is, you know, how a tailor, how he stitches, his, how he stitches the clothes. Uh, that's the way Hebrew wisdom is used. Uh, Exodus 28.3, tell all the skilled workers to whom I have given wisdom, hokmah, in such matters, they are to make garments for Aaron for his consecration, so he, he may serve me as priest. Skills, skills come from God. Whatever skills we have, so we should realize that we have received it, we have received it from God and we should use our skills to bring glory to our God. So technical and artistic skills, we find in Exodus 31, six. Moreover, I have appointed Oholiab son of Isamak, of the tribe of Dan to help him. Also, I have given ability to all the skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you. Skill, you know, technical and artistic skills. Um, not only technical and artistic skills, it talks about government. Uh, 
how you run a government. You need to have wisdom to run a government. Because in Ecclesiastes 4.13, it says, better a poor but wise youth than an old but foolish king who no longer knows how to heed a warning. Um, why I'm bringing all these verses is, in all these verses, you find the word hokma, wisdom. Jeremiah 50.35, a sword against the Babylonians declares the Lord against those who live in Babylon and against their officials and wise men. So of government, managing a government, running a government. And wisdom is also used for diplomacy. First uh, Kings 5.7, when Hiram heard Solomon's message, he was greatly pleased and said, Praise be to the Lord today, for he has given David a wise son to rule over this great nation. Diplomacy, you know, a country which is good in diplom diplomatic relationship can save millions of millions of dollars um, from buying weapons and all. Diplomacy is a great um, instrument in the hands of a government. Uh, diplomatic relations are extremely important. The way we maintain uh, relations with our neighborly countries, with superpowers, and with whom we do trade, we can all use it towards our advantage. So diplomacy, you need a lot of wisdom uh, in diplomacy. That's why in the Indian government, you find that um, in the UPSC, the topmost who go to the diplomatic service, and then comes the administrative service because diplomacy pays a great, great um, return to the country. And that's what in Bible also you find. And war, if a country is in war, you need to have wisdom. What will you do on the day of reckoning when disasters come from afar? To whom will you run for help? Where will you leave your riches? Basically, it's to say you need wisdom in all these areas. Uh, that is biblical wisdom. That's why we should not uh, confine biblical wisdom to one category. Wisdom is so huge, so vast. When we have this wisdom, uh, it is to our advantage and to the advantage of this world. When God told Abraham, I'll bless you and I'll make you a blessing to the nations. It is by wisdom. The way God gives us wisdom. Wisdom is a gift, divine gift, but we should understand the applications. Otherwise, we'll only be thinking when I read the Bible, I'll have wisdom. Uh, yes, you derive wisdom from the Bible, but in a day-to-day -day work, as you cook, as you write, as you read, as you do gardening, as you stitch, uh, in all these places we need wisdom. As you interact, uh, as you face a difficult situation in your office place, uh, how you negotiate through a difficult situation. In all this, we need wisdom and God says he will give wisdom to his children. Now, some people, have specialized wisdom, uh, like to judge. Uh, I don't know how many of you have read, uh, how many of you have read 
ये जुडिशियल ऑर्डर और क्वासी जुडिशियल ऑर्डर इफ यू रीड सम ऑफ दर्डर्स आर सो फाइन यू कैन सी दैट really the person who is writing has lot of lot of wisdom and uh, that's also considered as wisdom in in the bible because in first kings 328 when all israel heard the verdict the king had given they held the king in awe because they saw that he had wisdom from god to administer justice wherever god places us god gives us wisdom and that wisdom when we use that wisdom uh, people stand amazed uh, that is something which is peculiar and which is given to god's children uh, we have in isaiah 11 it's about jesus for a shoot will come up from the stump of jesse from his roots a branch will bear fruit the spirit of the lord will rest on him the spirit of uh, wisdom and of understanding the spirit of counsel and of might the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the lord and he will delight in the fear of the lord he will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears but with righteousness he will judge the needy with justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist as we read this i would also like all of us to just to think about our own lives how much of wisdom are we seeing in our lives because god is there 24/7 he is with us he is emmanuel god with us god is wisdom so are we experiencing that wisdom or are we looking to that wisdom you know you may be in an it field you may be a teacher you may be in the hospital you may be a doctor you know are you looking for wisdom you well, i can like i am a pastor am i looking for wisdom in the work i do am i looking for wisdom and do i experience that wisdom how do we experience god it is it is in you know we sh- we sometimes we think um, we have confined god to some holy places no in in christianity your body is the temple of the living god and god lives in us and where we go where we move god is with us and do we experience that wisdom as we stand in a clinic as we stand in a hospital as we face a difficult situation is there wisdom that is wisdom do we find help do we find help that's wisdom we need wisdom in all situations and do we find and as we study this book of proverbs um, i encourage that we will look for wisdom wisdom not from the worldly wisdom that that is there 
It is in a default mode, it is in us, but we need to look for wisdom from above. A wisdom that is far, far superior than the worldly wisdom. Now, wisdom also gives um, you know, the rulers the cleverness to master people and situations. Uh, it is for, as I said, government, it's for people in authority. If you're an IT company, you are managing a team or you're managing a big project or you're managing the entire office, God gives wisdom dealing with people, to master people and situations, God gives wisdom. And when we depend on God, there is a supernatural wisdom that's available to us. For example, in the Bible, uh, 2 Samuel 14 2 says, so Joab sent someone to Tekoa and had a wise woman brought from there. He said to her, pretend you are in mourning, dress in mourning clothes, and don't use any cosmetic lotions. Act like a woman who has spent many days grieving for the dead. In the worldly wisdom, we will look for an actor. In the heavenly wisdom, he is looking for a wise woman. There's wisdom. Uh, Job 39, 15. <coughs> this, in this place we find unmindful that a foot may crush them, that some wild animal may trample them. It's talking about ostrich and her eggs. Ostrich has no wisdom. Bible portrays ostrich as a creature which has no wisdom. You know, she lays egg where a foot may crush them. Job 39, 17 says, for God did not endow her with wisdom or give her a share of good sense. Uh, ostrich does not signify wisdom. Now, Solomon had a lot of knowledge and he was able to rule with his knowledge and he was able to um, give answers to difficult questions. So when we are thinking about wisdom, wisdom is not there in a vacuum. vacuum. Uh, we need to look for knowledge. We need to study. Yes, it's God-given. It's a divine gift. But also we work hard to gain that knowledge. Uh, so we find in 1 Kings 4, 29 to 34, uh, God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore, Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the people of the East and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. He was wiser than anyone else, you find that. And we also find that in uh, 1 Kings 10, 2 to 3, we find that arriving at Jerusalem, how uh, the queen came, uh, she came to Solomon and talked with him about all that she had on her mind. Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her. He had that kind of wisdom. Now, as I said, this wisdom, if we possess this wisdom, 
it gives us strength to cope up with difficult life situations. This wisdom is not theoretical. That's why I said this book is practical. It will give us strength to cope up when you are faced with frustration, disappointing situations, where you are being accused, where you are being betrayed. Wisdom helps us to face life's difficult situations. Wisdom helps. The possession of wisdom enables humans to cope with life and to achieve what would otherwise be impossible. The wisdom that God gives, somewhere down the line, it gives us that strength, courage, grace, and the grit to face our life with boldness. Because we know there is a divine purpose for our lives. Even when everyone might, you know, may say that you're a failure, still this wisdom gives us courage to face our life valiantly, courageously, bravely, because we know God is with us. When we have wisdom, it signifies God is with us because he is the embodiment of wisdom. And when God is with us, we can face any situations. And everything that happens in our lives, he's sovereign. He's sovereign over this virus, COVID-19. He's sovereign over my life. He, is the, he knows my life from end to beginning. He has this world in his hand. So God is sovereign. And this wisdom gives us the that kind of strength uh, to face life situation. Interestingly, in the book of Proverbs, you know, the wise man points out to the weak creatures. And he says, go to those weak creatures and learn from them. Because life is not fair for them. It is very difficult, but they live. They survive, they exist, they live their lives. And we are asked to go to those weak creatures and learn from them. For example, um, we have Proverbs 30, 24 to 28. Four things on earth are small. Yet they are extremely wise. And the wise man is telling, ants are creatures of little strength. Can you imagine the kind of challenges the ants face every day? When we walk, when we clean, their life itself is threatened. And the wise man says, ants are the creatures of little strength. Yet they store up their food in the summer. Hyraxes, the conies, are creatures of little power, yet they make their home in the crags, in the stony places. Locusts have no king, yet they advance together in ranks. 
a lizard can be caught with the hand, it is found in king's palaces. How do they survive? Because of wisdom. And the wise man is telling, go to these weak creatures, see the kind of unsurmountable odds they face in their lives, and yet they survive. Learn from them. That is wisdom. Uh, that's what you find in Proverbs 30, 24 to 28. Now, that's the kind of wisdom. You know, the Hebrew word hokma means it encompasses all aspects of our living. Right from signing a document to investment, to in job, in, in our in our day-to-day -day living, in cooking, in gardening, in tailoring, it encompasses all aspects of our living. That's wisdom. But we should also know that wisdom is inseparable from knowledge. You know, sometimes we think that we are children of God. I will just pray and God will give me wisdom. It is something similar. I'll sit under the tree and then I'll get that enlightenment. That is not the biblical enlightenment. Biblical enlightenment or knowledge, wisdom is based on knowledge. Jesus grew in wisdom. In other words, he knew the Old Testament very well. Every time he was able to quote the Old Testament scriptures very well, he has studied, he has pondered over it. That's why at the age of 12, he was able to reason out with the religious scholars. They have studied, so at the age of 12, it is not just a memorization, he was quoting the verses. It has become part of his life. He had that wisdom. As he was hanging on the cross, he was quoting from the word of God. In fact, we can say that he was breathing in and out God's word. So wisdom is inseparable from knowledge. If somebody says, I'll just sit and I'll pray, I'll get wisdom. At least it's not biblical wisdom. Biblical wisdom is hard work, study, gain knowledge, and do that. Um, the more I read the word of God, I realize how less I know. The more you study the word of God, you realize you didn't, you know, how ignorant you were of all these things. I always, um, I tell, um, even in the church, that there are two important assignments that every person has in his life. Unfortunately, both is, for both these assignments, we have not been trained or we have not been given enough knowledge. We feel that you will learn on your own as a result of which we have not done well. One is marriage. We don't 
as parents, we don't teach our children, or at least I, I'm not saying all, some may be doing that. Uh, most of the parents, they don't teach their children what is marriage, what is expected in a marriage, what is, what is their responsibility. It is, it's not taught. Or even in churches, off late because of there are so many separations, problems. We have something known as premarital counseling. And that too, just before marriage, you just speak to them for an hour and um, something is better than nothing. That's all we can say. You don't uh, learn. It has to be learned over a period of time. One is marriage and another one is raising up our children. Our parents didn't teach us. Probably the, we think the, parent, the way the parents brought us up is the perfect, but all of us are fallen human beings. None of us can say that the way I have done is the right thing, perfect thing. The perfect thing is in the word of God. So wisdom is inseparable from knowledge. And we try to fix up the problems. The is to avoid these problems, to learn, to understand. That is wisdom and it is inseparable from knowledge. Now, for example, the Wright brothers, they flew their first airplane. Uh, all of us, we know that, but they had knowledge of law of aerodynamics. They had some knowledge. It is with that knowledge, they were able to execute that project. You see, that is wisdom. We need to have knowledge uh, to do things. So wisdom is inseparable from knowledge. Uh, so this wisdom, as I said, it is not theoretical knowledge like you know, you study geography, you study history, you study mathematics. No, that is, that's, it's not that knowledge. It is a different kind of knowledge. It is, it's about mastery over experience. Life throws challenges at us. How do you master over those challenges? And that involves intellectual, emotional, and spiritual state. We, we, we are a complex human being created in the image of God. We cannot deal ourselves separately. It involves only my intellect. It involves only my emotion. It involves only my spiritual. No, a whole human being, if you are talking about a healthy human being, he is, it's, it involves intellectual, emotional, spiritual. You know, in fact, you can go beyond that. You can say that, you know, it is intellectual, it is spiritual, it is physical. When your body is weak, you struggle. And it is uh, social, how you interact with one another. So all these aspects get together to make a healthy human being and wisdom helps us to be healthy in all aspects. Since we have learned to divide life, this is my 
personal life this is my you know spiritual life this is my official life so we are disintegrated if you want to be a healthy human being created in the image of god then there should be a coherence between our intellectual emotional spiritual social aspects of our living we are we have been created in the image of god and we are here with a purpose it is that purpose that it is that mission we are here on a divine mission uh, that's what existentially that deep destiny nexus the connection between what we do why we do for whom we do it is all all these questions are answered in this deep destiny nexus it is not i live only for this world you know i have been made for the another world so the way we handle the problems um you know the world will teach us to handle things in a different way see this is a worldly way this is how you should do things uh give money and get some letter otherwise you will not be able to get this thing down our culture teaches those things but we have to involve all these aspects then only we will be healthy uh there is a moral aspect to our wisdom that's why i said geography history mathematics they don't have moral element but when we are talking about wisdom you we cannot separate it from the moral angle it always have a moral angle in fact it has got righteousness justice fairness equity we cannot be caste oriented people we cannot be language oriented people because this wisdom surpasses all those barrier and jesus is a perfect example when he went and met the woman at the well in samaria he was crossing all the barriers the geographical barrier the language barrier the ethnicity barrier the gender barrier and then he met that woman and gave her the life eternal life and that is wisdom so in proverbs we find proverbs 1 to it begins the book begins for gaining wisdom and instruction for understanding words of insight we need knowledge uh, proverbs 2 1 to 5 my son if you accept my words and store up my commands within you turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure then you will understand the fear of the lord and find the knowledge of god so the fear of the lord when we will understand when we look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure then we find the knowledge of god so when we have this wisdom we will be able to cope with adversity anxiety disappointment failures 
insecurity, we'll be able to handle all the situation. Loss, loss in our lives, we'll be able to handle when we have this kind of wisdom. And most of the time, this wisdom is there in a community. Biblical wisdom is in a community. That's why it's important we are part of a community. Somewhere along the line, God mediates this wisdom through a community. Biblical wisdom is not an isolated wisdom. You close your room, you stay alone, you be holy. That's not biblical holiness. Biblical holiness is always in a community, uh, being with one another, bearing their problem with one another. And it is there we grow in wisdom. Uh, with wisdom, we can accomplish a lot. Proverbs 21, 22 says, a wise man attacks the city of the mighty. He has all the nuclear weapons. He has everything and pulls down the stronghold in which they trust. Now this mighty man, he has all his trust in the weapons or the rich man. He thinks his life is safe, secure, but a wise man when he attacks, you know, he, he will make them realize that the thing on which they rely is not reliable. So who is this wise man? Proverbs 24, five says, a wise man has great power. He is a man of knowledge, increases strength. Um, if, you, if you read the Bible, if you read right from the beginning, uh, it is not just we memorize the 10 commandments and then we gain wisdom. Uh, at least in the, in the Old Testament, we don't see that. Though it is there, the 10 commandments are there. It just doesn't say that you just memorize you will be wise. No, it doesn't say that. It says you have to obey. Um, it is not the laws themselves that embody wisdom, uh, but following and obeying them. Thou shall not commit adultery. Knowing that is not wisdom. Internalizing that. Thou shall not steal. Thou shall not covet. So what does this mean? How do I follow this? So it is in that internalization and it is in that obedience to God's word. That's why God said, you know, I'm not pleased with your burnt offerings. Rather, I am pleased when you obey the word of God. When you reject the word of God, uh, the Bible says you reject God. So when we obey God, every time when we obey God, we say, God, we want you. So obedience is more important. That's the reason a person could memorize the book of Proverbs and still lack wisdom. Because wisdom means it should affect our heart. And if it affects our heart, it should change our behavior. Uh, in the, in the Old Testament, when we say about heart, it talks about our thinking capacity. It talks about our emotions, our attitude. So heart encompasses all these things in the Old Testament. So when, when we say we have wisdom, 
we should see to what extent it has affected my inner being, my emotions, my attitude. And out of that comes our experience. And out of those experiences come our encounter with the divine being. We should constantly look for an encounter with the divine being. And since God is there 24 seven and he's with us, we should look for it. And one of the ways as we follow God's word, as we do things uh, in difficult situation, when we face difficult situations and when we follow God's word, there are moments we encounter his presence, his power, in a supernatural way. Uh, that's, that's wisdom. Wisdom is not just in memorizing and just, you know, I know Proverbs 1, 1, 1, 2, 1, 3. That's, it's good to memorize the word of God, but that's not wisdom. Our wisdom has to be practical. The Greek concept of wisdom and the Hebrew concept of wisdom is totally different. In the, Hebrew, in the Greek concept, their wisdom is all philosophy giving a lecture, giving a bashan. That is their, their rhetorical style. Uh, that is wisdom. Hebrew concept of wisdom is practical. How we live, how we speak, how we react, how we respond, that's wisdom. That's Hebrew wisdom. So when we are talking about wisdom in the book of Proverbs, you know, as I said, if we have, if you are thinking wisdom as in a very simplistic term, uh, that's not the way Proverbs portrays wisdom. Wisdom is much, much, much bigger. That's why I said God, wisdom is portrayed as a lady and then God is portray, portrayed as wisdom. So you can understand how big wisdom is. Wisdom entails a huge component, several categories. For example, whatever we have studied so far, if you have to summarize, what wisdom means what? In the Hebrew concept, wisdom means what? So wisdom means it, it involves knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge cannot be separated. Without knowledge, there's no wisdom. We cannot have wisdom without knowledge. Wisdom means insight. Insight into a thing. Wisdom means prudence. Who has found a prudent wife finds, who, who finds a prudent wife finds favor from God? Prudence. Cunning. You know, where, we'll find it difficult to accept this word cunning because the way we understand cunning is in a negative sense. You know, fox is cunning and he is a cunning animal. Uh, it's not that cunning. You know, it is in the Bible, the Hebrew word is orma for cunning. Uh, it's, a it's a practical wisdom. Uh, it is not, it has got no evil intention as such. It is not a manipulative wisdom. Uh, it, is, it is a practical wisdom. And the Hebrew word for cunning is orma. And wisdom 
involves being that cunning, uh, not the way we understand. Learning, uh, discretion. We just, just because we are God children doesn't mean we can walk in wherever we feel like. We need to have discretion. Doesn't mean we can watch whatever we feel like. Doesn't mean we can do whatever we want to do. Just because we have money, we'll do whatever we want. That's not discretion. We need to have discretion. Learning. Wisdom comes through learning. Though it's a divine gift, we acquire wisdom by learning, by struggling, by searching for it. So learning is a component of wisdom, guidance, counsel. This wisdom will keep us from the modern day psychologists. I'm not against psychology because there are times when we need to um, use their um, expertise, their knowledge, but not all the time. Otherwise, uh, you know, the, the word of God has got so much of strength. I'm not saying that outrightly you have to reject or outrightly you have to embrace. Both are wrong concepts. Uh, so there's wisdom, counsel. Jesus is known as wonderful counselor. So we, we, there is so much of counsel in the word of God. We need to follow it and we need to obey uh, competence. As children of God, we are supposed to be competent in our job. Whatever job it might be, it could be just be a gatekeeper, it could be a teacher, it could be a delivery boy, it could be a doctor, it could be a nurse, it could be a teacher, it could be a bank clerk, it could be a police officer. We have to be competent in our job. This wisdom makes us competent. Incompetent, I somehow struggle to accept from Christians. As we grow in faith, we are supposed to be competent. We are not incompetent because we have God's wisdom. Whatever job, wherever God has placed us, we have to be competent. Uh, there is no reason for excuse, incompetency. I, I couldn't do this. I'm not able to do it. God gives us opportunity time and again to develop us. And when we do that, we become competent. It is not that God does not give us opportunities. Uh, you know, life throws so many opportunities. We want to choose the opportunities which are favorable to us. That's not the way we grow. When God gives us an opportunity, we should learn to embrace it, make use of it, and God helps us to grow in wisdom. Small, small opportunities and um, insignificant, it might appear. And God is always testing us. And as we grow, being faithful in small jobs, God gives us big job. We all want to be big, big. We want to have big, big things, but that's, what, that's not important. What is important is wherever we are, we need to be competent and that comes from wisdom, resourcefulness. You know, there are places where people will say, you just go and ask him, 
He will tell you what to do. Are you that kind of person in your workplace? You just ask that person, he will tell you what to do. Have you made yourself available to others? Resourcefulness. Wisdom entails resourcefulness. Of course, wisdom entails heroic strength. Wisdom gives us the courage to face life's difficult situations. All these things comes packed with the word wisdom. When we are talking about wisdom, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So when you're talking about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, you can mark all these things about the word wisdom. That is biblical wisdom. How do we grow in all these aspects? That's biblical wisdom. So all these virtues, how does it help us? It helps us want to rule. Rule in the sense to take care of the world. Because right in Genesis, what was the mandate that was given to man? To rule, to take care of the nature, to take care of this planet Earth. It is not the way we understand authority. Uh, no, each one has that divine mandate to rule, to take care of the environment, to rule over our situation. Rule is not with an eye, I am the way the police authority. It's not like that. The way God rules this world, He sends rain over the wicked as well as the righteous with kindness, benevolence. That's what is expected. This wisdom helps us to display benevolence, compassion, kindness, deep sensitivity to the needs of others. That's wisdom. And it also gives us dignity associated with wealth. God gives us wealth, but the wealth has the tendency to displace God from our lives. It makes us think that we are, we are very secure. So we lose the dignity. Dignity comes when we have God in the center of our lives. Whenever that God is displaced from that place, then there is no dignity. We are brash. We are proud. We are rude. So wisdom gives us that dignity, how to handle wisdom, our wealth. That's why in Proverbs 8, 15 to 21, if you read the entire, all the verses, you'll, by me kings reign. I love those who love me. Those who seek me, find me. With me are riches and honor. It's all about wisdom. My fruit is better than fine gold, bestowing a rich inheritance on those who love me and make their treasuries full. It all comes with wisdom. We should remember wisdom has a moral dimension. Wisdom has a moral dimension. 
just because we are clever doesn't mean we do whatever we want to do just because we are an opportunity to be benefited you know there's an allot there's a society they're allotting plot so you're influential person so take the most expensive one or the most sought after plot it, that's not wisdom wisdom as a moral dimension so god expects us to exercise this wisdom in the realm of righteousness because our god is a god of righteousness seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness so the more wisdom we have we'll have we will seek more of his righteousness more authority god gives we will seek his righteousness more wealth god gives we will seek his righteousness that is wisdom so this is in moral dimension in the sense what a wisdom we have it is always associated with righteousness justice equity you can look at a government and you can tell whether the government has a moral dimension or not you just any government you take and just evaluate that government against righteousness is there righteousness is there justice is there equity everybody is treated alike that country may have lots of money may be very wealthy may be technologically they may be highly advanced but it's not approved by god because it has no moral dimension so coming down from a macro level come down to church level come to the family level and see wherever you are is there righteousness is there justice is there equity uh, we will continue with this um, next wednesday uh, if you have any questions you can ask so we have just ended saying that um, wisdom has moral dimension it has got other dimension like religious dimension uh, we will continue next wednesday any questions or any insights share so that um, we can learn from one another that's wisdom no interaction is it because i am not asking any questions <laughs> in revelation i used to ask questions here i am not asking all of you are quiet i can't hear you if you can just increase the volume it is very well explained that uh, there no questions the only answers to all the questions that i had in my mind why don't you share some questions if you can i 
I like that uh, sentence when you said wisdom brings a change of heart and that change of heart shows it in your behavior. So it's very practical. It's just not uh, something to have it in mind, but it has to be practical. Thank you. Basically, yes, thank you. It is, it is not cerebral knowledge. Um, cerebral knowledge is just we learn, like we learn a history book, geography book, or a medical book. It's a cerebral knowledge. Um, it is how we apply that cerebral knowledge in our own lives. And um, that knowledge has to, should bring about a change in us. That's wisdom. Uh, Bible is practical. Bible is here to transform us and it's practical. That's wisdom. Thank you. Anybody else? Okay, let's look to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for you embody the wisdom. As we look to you, as we pray to you, as we seek you, help us to grow in our wisdom, O oh Lord, so that we will know you more and more. Give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we will know you more, O oh Lord. Bless each and every one of us who have attended this session. O oh God, teach us, instruct us to face the challenges in our lives in a way that will bring glory to your name. Bless us with good health. Protect us in the midst of this pandemic. Protect our family members. Protect our community members. Protect this state. Protect this nation. Protect this world, O oh Lord. We look to you for relief. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. May the Amen. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, unfailing love of our Heavenly Father, and the ever-abiding fellowship of the Holy Spirit, remain with each one of us now and forevermore. Amen.